Hi, I'm Chris Sarandon, and welcome to Cooking by Heart, where we revisit the vivid memories of the food we grew up with and the people and the stories attached to that time in our lives. Today, my guest is actor, producer, writer, Carrie Elwes. As an actor, his career in movies includes his role as Wesley, the Dread Pirate Roberts, and the Princess Bride. But this is a drop in a cinematic ocean of superb performances, including films like Glory, Days of Thunder, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Twister, and the Saw series, and more recently in Guy Ritchie's Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, and Mission Impossible 7. He's also appeared on television in shows like Stranger Things and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And if that's not enough, he's a screenwriter and a producer and has written a best-selling book, As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. Humanist, activist, raconteur, and all-around good dude, I'd like to welcome, from Los Angeles, Carrie Elwes to Cooking by Heart. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Chris. So lovely to see you today. Always and a joy. hear you, and hear you. Always a joy to see you. I'd like to start out just with a kind of, uh, I, I think I know the, some of the answers to the, sure. this question, but when you were younger, what was food like at home? Okay, so I grew up in a single parent household. My, my parents separated and then divorced when I was quite young. So my mom was a working mom and she wasn't a cook at all. So cooking was left up to my oldest brother, God bless him, uh, who was about seven at the time. Oh, and, uh, and, you know, he was allowed to cook, you know, simple things that were, were safe, like sausages and eggs and bacon and baked beans and potatoes and that kind of thing. Ooh. And so that's what we grew up on. We were, again, these are all very fatty foods and uh, high in cholesterol, not very healthy for you, but obviously taste great to a kid, you know. Fattest flavor. Fish, fish fingers, are, are yep. like, you know, right? <laughs> and uh, Were there not, ever any, any frozen? Vegetables? Any frozen? Food? Oh, everything. Well, frozen. The, the fish fingers are always frozen. Yeah, fish sticks. Yeah, most of, yeah. Yeah, when I was. Exactly, you call them fish sticks here. Yeah. yeah. Growing up in England, before all these wonderful celebrity chefs now that we have in the UK, back in the sixties, growing up, you know, there wasn't much choice in terms of cuisine. That you know, if you wanted to try something different, it would cost you. But primarily, Britain was known then and still is now for its confectionery and for its baked goods and for its high cholesterol meals. Of course, growing up, that was, a, that was our staple diet. I was very fortunate as a child when I turned seven. My father moved to Spain, and so we would spend our summer vacations with him there. And that was the first time my taste buds explored a different cuisine altogether. And, and I, I think I can say safely that we all are connected to the foods that we tasted as a child. That we oh, loved, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh, in a profound way. And I can remember my first tapas and my first... Tortilla Española, my first gazpacho, my first paella. I mean, you know, those things were extraordinary to me. And of course, it made it very hard on my mother coming back, my older brother coming back to England and having to go back to this very rather dull cuisine. Do you make any of these foods now? I know how to make tortilla. My father taught us how to make tortilla española, but I, I which are, saved that. Which are potato uh, omelette. And it's better that on the second day after mm. you put it in the fridge. For the oh, omelet. yeah. I can I can make gazpacho, not very well. Tapas, obviously, the, the easier ones, you know. And there's a difference yes. between the northern Spain and the southern Spain. Completely different. As you get closer to France, the cuisine changes completely. And San Sebastian, that kind of area, that's what's so beautiful about Spain. Right. Is that you travel to different parts, and each part of Spain is unique in terms of its cuisine. Any cross-pollination with other cuisines from the yes, south of Spain? Um, 
not from the south of Spain, but we would take uh, a ferry ride with my father to Tangier from Ceuta ah. and try Moroccan food for the first time, which are, again is now a lifelong passion for me. I love Moroccan. Oh. I love couscous. I love it all. It's great. Lemon yes. chicken. Yeah. yeah. Ta tagine. Yes. Tagine. Yes. Unbelievable, right? My wife makes some wonderful tagines. Does yes. she? My oh. wife, Joanna. Yeah. Yes. And I remember very, very vividly, I, yeah. I shot a movie in Jerez in the South. Okay. Spain, this is the one with Denim, Denim Elliott, right? Denim Elliott. Yes. Yeah, Sean, Sean Connery and Brooke Adams. It. Great. Wow. And Brooke, and Brooke yes. had a friend in yes. Tangier who was very wealthy. His name was Bouquer, yeah. as I recall. <laughs> Great. And, and we would take the ferry on a weekend and we would go to Tangier and yeah. we'd go to the souk. Great. And we'd sit around uh, in our jalabas. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I know I still have mine. I, I had mine. I gave it away, unfortunately. But at any rate, we'd sit in the souk and um, they would show us our wares and they'd pass the mint tea and the, the rolled up joints of keef. Right. Uh, which is a mixture in Morocco anyway of, uh, yeah. of tobacco and uh, uh, hashish or marijuana, right. depending. Right. And right. then you would go with a happy glow to a restaurant. Yes. Great. Where mounds of couscous mixed with vegetables and lamb, uh, the bread, and you scoop up the, the couscous and take a hit and drink champagne. Ah, what a time. You did this all with Sean Connery? Sean didn't go with us. Sean no. would stay stay back and uh, yeah, enjoy sure. his own whatever he was Golf. doing. Golf. But yeah. Sean did go out at night. It was great fun, actually. Anyway, you're talking about your meeting with Moroccan food. Yeah. And so coming back to England, it was very tough on my brother and mother to have us not be even more, uh, you know, dismissive of the land food that we were growing up. Right. In. And of right. Course, but uh, that all changed, you know, I mean, much later on. But you and I, when we did Princess Bride together in 86, the food industry had not change much from the 60s no, to the, no, to the 80s. No. And when we moved to Sheffield on our first location shoot, we all stayed in the same hotel, if you recall, uh, in Bakewell. It's a tiny little village, very charming. Usually I think it's named Bakewell because of the baking goods that they have right, there. Right. And, um, and steel. And steel. A lot of steel, Sheffield. We all, I think each of us went to the front desk to ask where the, you know, as you would in a hotel when you moved in, <laughs> where, the, where are the nice restaurants in town? Yeah. And they said, well, you're, you're in it. This is it. This hotel is the finest meal you'll you'll find for literally hundreds of miles around right, you know? <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs> of course we were a little dispirited by that because it wasn't that exciting a menu you know that they had going it didn't change at all and uh, rob wasn't having it. you know rob and andre had been both connoisseurs of food they just weren't having it rob as you recall made the production company find him a hibachi and he made us hamburgers and hot dogs every night. And Andre had his food imported from France in crates. He just well, wasn't having it. This reminds me because yeah. there was a, an incident when we, not an incident, but a series yeah. of incidents when we first yeah. arrived yeah. in which we were served lunch on the set by yes. a caterer. Actually, Kerry tells a wonderful story about this. <laughs> and I'm going to ask him now to just repeat it okay. uh, in okay. his lovely, wonderful a lightning <laughs> book called As You Wish about his experience shooting The Princess Bride. Can you just sure. lead us into that story? Sure. If you recall, we were shooting out, uh, I think it was Heva Castle, or I can't remember where we were. It was in Sheffield, though. Yeah. Not Haddon. Uh, not Haddon. Not Haddon. Not Haddon. Was it Haddon? I think. It might have been. I think might it might have been. Haddon. Yeah, yeah, Haddon. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. Oh. And our uh, first time we had caterers because we're on location, right? Right. 
you know, we were fully expecting British caterers, which would be the kind of food that my brother used to make, which is you know, sausages, eggs, bacon, that thing. Bangers, had, we, bangers and mash. Bangers and mash, exactly. And we had chaputis. Now, chaputi is an Indian pastry. It's triangle shaped and it's usually filled with either meat or vegetable or both. And, um, you know, I remember Rob, when he was served it for the first time, was, his eyes lit up. He was like, my God, we're going to have a really great shoe. Well, I've never had a Djibouti. Well, yes, this is, is going to be great. We're yes. going to have different foods each day. And, and in his head, he thought, my God, you know, that Norman Lear really is stepping up <laughs> right. his game. You know? Producer extraordinaire, right. <laughs> and of course, the second day when Djibouti showed up, he sort of did that. And then the third day when they... It was Japudis on the fourth and fifth day. Then there was a riot. And you, I remember you, Chris and Rob had a discussion. Chris Guest. Yeah. Chris Guest had a discussion about it by the front gate of Haddon. And I took a picture. And, it's and, in the book. It's yep. in the book of the yep. three of you discussing how to get rid of the caterers. <laughs> and I think Rob wanted to hear some approval from other people that he really you know <laughs> before right. making the decision to right. let them go. Off with their heads. <laughs> Off with their heads. It was done. It was and, done. And, and there was also, uh, as you described very wonderfully in the book, Chris Guest's kind of running commentary every yes. day. Every as day. The, as the, uh, the Chaputis... Uh, sort of ran the gamut <laughs> of of meat pie to meat pie. To oh meat pie my to meat God! Pie. Did he make us cry with laughter? My, <laughs> my God! What a, what a, we, uh, never a day without laughter. There were challenges to that as well because Chris, who is has such oh, a I brilliant know. such a brilliant mind, yeah, and uh, uh, he and I would ride to the set almost every day because we were right. always in scenes together. Sure, sure. And Chris would do things like um, let's let's do limericks. <laughs> I'll do the first line and then you do the second line and then I'll do the third line. And I looked at him like, oh my God, the pressure. Sure. The pressure. Of course, you pick a game that he's great at. Oh, of course. You know, you know. <laughs> so by the time I got to the set, I wasn't worried about anything. I thought, no, no sure. I'd, all the pressure's so off great. now. That's, oh, that's great. Uh, but these these meals in Rob's rooms were yes. not so much a, a, a culinary uh, experience as they were a fellowship. Rob believes in that. I did another picture with him years mm-hmm. later. He took us all out to dinner every night, too, at a restaurant. And that's something that Rob does. He really believes in keeping the cast together and, and, and making a family out of the a shoot. And that's a really beautiful thing. So he was going to have us all over mm-hmm. to dinner, whether it was in a restaurant or his bedroom. He was going to do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was lovelier having it in his suite because we it was much more private. And we could all of us let our hair down and say what we wanted and yeah, yeah. about everything. Exactly. And, just, and, you know, and nothing was off limits. And we spent the night just laughing. I have between between Billy Crystal and Chris Guest and oh. you and all you guys. It was oh. Hilarious. Oh. Hilarious. Oh, I, I do remember one night as we were all sleeping, as I recall. Right. The fire alarm went off. In the oh, hotel. my God. Oh, my God. Uh, At what four in the, the morning. Yeah. What were the repercussions? It, it was more than once, if you recall. It became a thing. We we're all out in the freezing cold. It's freezing. We were shooting in the, in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Sheffield on the moors and the wind up there at night. It's just, it's like, it's the Arctic. <laughs> the Mistral. It, Mistral. Is. It, it is the yeah. Mistral straight yeah. from the North Pole. Anyway, and uh, we're out there freezing in our pajamas and our dressing gowns and stuff. And everyone's looking at each other like on the second day, all right, who's doing this? There's got to be someone in the guest <laughs> in the hotel. There's no way that the staff are doing this, you know? And of course, fingers were being pointed at the two people who had uh, cooking instruments in their in their suites, Rob and Andre. 
who was right. cooking all of his French food in his suite as this well. This is uh, Andre the Giant. Andre Russo. Andre the Giant. Yep. Who 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 had crates of food uh, shipped from France to Par- Sheffield every uh, week. Right. Uh, Par- partially as a reaction to the Chaputis. Oh no, no question. Recall. No more than that. He just didn't like any yeah. of the, the, the food. Didn't not a fan of lard. Right. At all. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as you relate in the book, I think once he <laughs> took a truck yes. with him back Correct. to France. That's right. When he ran out of uh, all the goods that he had, he took a truck and went and replenished. And he, this time he brought back more. Um, he bought, and, you know, he filled this Mack truck with food and brought it back. And for all of us, and the crew loved him. They loved him anyway. We yeah, all loved right. him anyway. Well, he was a but lovable, suddenly, lovable human suddenly, being. Suddenly, uh, uh, craft services had all this, you know, incredible cheeses, different cheeses from all over France and, 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 and wines, which the producers were actually confiscated. They thought that was not a great thing to <laughs> share Andre's wine with the crew. They knew that day would be much shorter if that started right. happening. Uh, uh, who, who, who knew what was going to happen during the tea, the tea breaks? Right, right exactly. Because so, there were always um, tea breaks. But we had all this fabulous French cuisine that he brought back, if you recall. Yeah. And uh, that made it, that definitely Rob was happy about. We were all happy about that. That was lovely. No, he was extraordinary to eat with. He would eat, I would go to a restaurant with him and he'd order one side of the menu and eat that. And then when he was finished eating that, he'd order the, the other side of the menu and eat all of that. And I mean, entrees, appetizers, desserts, sides, everything. And it's, it was extraordinary to witness, you know. And that's the other reason why he wouldn't let you buy the meal, because he basically bought out the restaurant right. and um, <laughs> <he laughs> emptied the kitchen. You know, I'm sure the chef, when they get the orders, were thinking, what the hell? Who's out? How many people are out there? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, um, what an extraordinary. Extraordinary. Right? Ne- what, what extraordinary. an extraordinary human being he was. Yeah, really, wasn't yeah. he? I yeah, went he- to his favorite restaurant in Montreal when I was Oh, there, tell me, tell Quebec. me. And, of course, they keep his his seat. It's it's where he sat and ate. Really? And it's a very modest place, but the food is very good. Is this the restaurant his he His cousin owned? took me. No, actually, he did, that one he owned that closed and went, and went away. But this was one that friends of his had opened it. Right. He was a creature of habit. He liked to go one. He didn't want to go all over town. If you liked the cuisine in a place, that's mm-hmm. good, you know. And right. of course, the French the French cuisine in Montreal is, is, is delicious. Oh, it's, um, the, it's also superb. the city. The city superb. is extraordinary oh, as well. Extraordinary, extraordinary, wonderful city. Yeah, yeah. Now, as our audience probably knows, you and I, as actors, we travel a lot. Yes. What do you look for when you're traveling? When you're looking, because sure. of course, you know, you have evenings out. You're not always eating in the hotel room because you have no. early shooting the next day. If you have a, a weekend, what do you look for? I'm, well, I'm very careful now about what I eat. I'm much more health conscious. And I think part of that is living a California lifestyle and my wife being very health conscious too. I've changed my eating habits considerably from the last few decades. Mm-hmm. I'm much more interested in health foods now. And of course, in England, we didn't have a lot of health foods growing up. And certainly not even when we were making the Princess Bride, but now they're everywhere. You know, farm to table didn't really exist. You had to go to the farm and pick up the food yourself. Right, right. But now it's a thing, which is fabulous. And so um, I always look for a healthy, uh, you know, I'm really a salad, salmon, much more of a keto diet, really. That's what I look for. You and I have 
spent time eating together, not just with Rob and the cast of The Princess Bride, but we also do Comic-Cons occasionally together, and we'll go out to dinner. And one of the the habits that you have that I admire tremendously, and I appreciate it even more because I grew up in a restaurant, is that you almost always thank the chef. Where did this start? Well, my father in Spain and in Morocco taught me as a kid that if you appreciate a meal, you should definitely go and let the person know who made it that you appreciate it because of the amount of work that went into that. And so I always make a point of going into the kitchen and shaking hands with the chef. That's harder now with COVID. But yes, I, I always, or at least get a message to them if I can't do it in person. I worked in restaurants. You know, I think it's all actors. You, know, mm-hmm. you grew up in one, but you worked in one because of your dad, right? Oh, yeah. It was yeah, expected. Yeah. As soon as we right. were old enough, we were washing right. dishes and then we moved. I love it. You know, sure, I did all that. I worked in a hotel. I worked in restaurants. I did all I washed so many dishes in my life. You and I mm. probably wash more dishes than anyone we've done. That we've done you know, since. Yeah. So um, I understand hotel cuisine. I understand restaurant cuisine very well. I understand how it's made and how it's done. And of course, it, you know, we have developed quite in good palates. We're fortunate in our lives from having had those experiences both in our youth and now as actors to travel and taste different foods. We're lucky enough to develop a part of power. Yeah. What about, what about when you get home? What do you, Oh, what I do love you... my wife's cooking. You know, she started, only started cooking when the baby was born and I had no idea she could cook because she never picked up a spoon at all in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do before then? Well, we just eat out or eat in, you know, mm-hmm. take out or, or going out. That's it. And then yeah. suddenly the baby was born and she demanded that I, build a real kitchen for and I thought what's going on here why does she want and she was like this one is disgusting the baby's not going to be allowed in here unless you change it so we refurbished the kitchen and suddenly she was a chef and a good one and I didn't even know about any of this stuff and she started making food for the baby and starting out with baby food which I obviously didn't get into but later on as our daughter's teeth started coming in uh, and the palate changed then to things like, you know, right. my wife would make chili, turkey chili, which I, I think she shared the recipe with you, which is her personal oh, I'm very excited recipe. about it, actually. It's really, really delicious. It's yeah. really good, I have to say. And, uh, you know, all kinds of things. She can make anything. And she does try and experiment. Her family grew up in Jordan, so she has a Jordanian Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Jordanian family. And so her palate is quite ex- extraordinary, too. And so she loves you know, different foods as well. Are the influences, the Jordanian influences, primarily Middle Eastern? or are Yes. They cos- oh, my God. Lem- well? Very much like, similar to Moroccan, but obviously their own. Jordanian cuisine is basically based on Bedouin tastes. You know, it's lamb and rice and chicken. And, oh, it's so good. My mm-hmm. God, I was just there. It, I had, I, my, my, if you want to taste food that will just make your tongue taste buds explode, go to Jordan. It's unbelievable. Well, uh- a lot of the kids that I grew up with, because I was Greek in a small right. West Virginia coal mining town, and uh, the Orthodox church in my town was not yes. a Greek Orthodox church. It was a polyglot right, church sure. because there weren't enough Greeks, there weren't enough Syrians, there weren't enough right, Lebanese, right, right. et cetera. So, you all so we together. all would hang out. So we oh, would that's eat. great. So I would go to oh. their homes and eat kibbe and I love uh, it. And hummus and I love uh, it. you know how old are you now? What what age is that? Well, anywhere from twelve to sixteen, Great. seventeen. God, what fun. So your palate's now being refined. Very, very, very sort of broadened. 
much wow. more, much more broadened, and then it, broadened. Of course it it broadened even more as I, I went away. But also the food, and I meant I'm I'm going to get into this. I think a little later in the podcast, I want to talk to some people who grew up in West Virginia as you know natives. Uh, yeah. That is, you know, their backgrounds are Anglo-Saxon way back when. Right. Uh, so there was a mix of that in my father's restaurant. He didn't cook a lot of Greek dishes. Right. Because our primary clientele were uh, either uh, lawyers from across the street because it was the county seat. So the courthouse was there or there were a number of hospitals in the town. So there were doctors and their families. Right. And what was there were also, for them? the the food was either a sort of prefix lunch, right. which was if you can believe this now, uh, you'd get something like, say, uh, something called a Salisbury steak. You know what a Salisbury oh, wow. steak is? Okay. No, I never had that. Is kind of a mishmash of kind of meatloafy sort of thing okay. with a thing on it, sauce on it, with a carb side, a salad, and a dessert for 75 cents. Wow. That was the prefix lunch, right? Wow. But then that my sounds father. Like the Depression era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Right, right, right. right. Unbelievable. <clears throat> but then for dinner, I remember I have a very vivid memory of walking into my dad's restaurant and he would be, there was a huge chopping, a butcher block. Right. Next to the uh, next to the cold storage. Right. And there would be a side of beef on the butcher block. Wow. That my father had brought in and he would be butchering the side sure. of beef and creating Amazing. everything from it. The beef tenderloin, wow. the chuck, wow. the, wow. the porterhouse steaks, the wow. uh, New York strip steaks. Everything That's was used. Amazing. Everything. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and that stuff was, you know, you didn't get a lot of fish because we were landlocked, but sure. uh, enough freshwater fish, yeah. essentially. Sure. And do you uh, like but, cooking uh, from him from, and from primarily from my mother, but also the cooks in the kitchen, because I had to do right. some short order cooking right, as well, right, right. particularly in the mornings, my summers, sure. I would go to the restaurant and open the restaurant with my uncle Xenophon, wow. uh, an ancient, ancient name. Uh, right. uh, and I would meet him there and he and his strip undershirt and his I dress pants and his hair net. It. Oh my God! It's a Fellini movie. Yep, it is. It is. And he and I. <laughs> it's Amacorda. <laughs> <laughs> and he and I would make sandwiches for the State Road crew, like fifty wow. sandwiches, and then Great. we'd make breakfast for them. And uh, yeah. Those are the memories that I'm attempting to sort of evoke. That's with, great. With everybody. That's great. If you had one thing from your childhood that, when you have it now. Mm it brings back a flood of memory. What would that be? Yes. It's uh, and I only have it once a year is the tortilla española. That was the thing my father, that was probably the only thing my father made and made really well was the Spanish omelet. Ah. And uh, it was just a whole meal. It was one of those yep. things that, you know, you had two helpings and you're good for the whole, it, you didn't need really much to fill up for mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and the second day it was always better. Uh, the second day, always better. You have to put it in the fridge and, and then, uh, you know, tin foil, and it tastes fantastic. Right. And he taught us how to make it. Very simple, very, very easy thing to make. What's in it? It's potatoes and egg and onions and uh, spices Chocolate and peppers, and maybe. Um, yeah, and peppers, and uh, you can you can vary it. But Kitchen it's really, sink. oh my god, oh my god. You know, of course, it's heavy on the carbs being potato, but yeah. So that's why I, I limit my uh, intake. But as a kid, you know, that was one of the great, great eye-opening, just delicious things. And to obviously have your own father make it and it be his signature dish. Obviously, had a, had a big influence on Believe that. it or not, Spanish omelet was featured at my father's restaurant. Get out. I kid you not. 
No, they make Shop. it now also. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you yeah. had it as a kid. Then. Yeah. So we yeah. have that in common. How yes. great is that? Yeah, yeah. How delicious, right? Delish. We're linked. We're linked. In other ways. Yeah. Through potatoes and, and eggs. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for sharing My pleasure. My all these pleasure memories goes. with me and for me. Uh, I look forward. Actually, I'm going to try something. I'm not sure whether it's going to be Japuti or okay. it's going to be a, maybe I'll make a Spanish omelet or even your wife's turkey chili. Okay. Uh, we, we may go there. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. Sounds but fantastic. I thank you so much. I, oh, I, my I, pleasure, Chris. I've looked forward to this and I haven't been disappointed. Uh, thank you. Always right. a joy. Always Take a joy. care, my God. friend. God bless.